Welcome to episode 11 of Fearless Rebel Radio. In this episode, I interview registered dietitian and intuitive eating expert, Lauren Fowler. We talk all about intuitive eating and intuitive living, and she gives you tons of practical tips on how to implement it in your life right now so that you can break up with dieting. Before we get started with the show, I want to remind you to head to summerinandin.com or summerthenutritionist.com to grab your free rule breakers guide to rock in your bod. In addition to that, you'll get my eat whatever you want manifesto and a link to the free 10 day body confidence makeover. Plus, you're not going to want to miss my updates because at the end of October, I am launching my body image project, which is going to be so, so awesome. I'm testing it right now and the ladies are having huge breakthroughs. So I can't wait to share that with you. And there's going to be a whole bunch of freebies leading up to it. So definitely stay tuned for that. And let's get started with this episode. Rebel Radio, baby! I am your host, Summer Inanin, a certified nutritional practitioner, diet rebel, and food lover on a mission to help you feel hot damn fearless in your body. Fearless Rebel Radio is here to empower you to defy the standards and break the rules in order to radiate confidence, relish in your uniqueness, and live life fearlessly on your own terms. Every episode, I will help you to do this by sharing practical advice not-so-PG-rated rants and interviews with fearless rebel guests. Welcome to the show. What's up, everybody? I can't wait for you to meet today's guest. I always get very excited when I get to introduce another rule-breaking health coach to the masses. And today, I have the pleasure of speaking to Lauren Fowler. So Lauren Fowler is a registered dietitian who works with women to break free of the diet mentality using intuitive eating and a health at every size approach. She works locally, which is in Vermont, in an integrative therapy center with clients who have eating disorders or digestive issues or want to balance out their hormones. As well, she sees clients online through her blog at Mindful Meals. So I'm really happy to have found Lauren because I think we share a lot of the same thoughts and have a similar approach to helping women to, you know, break free of diets and feel good in their bodies. So I'm excited to chat with her more about that type of stuff today. So welcome to the show, Lauren. Thanks, Summer. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So, you know, I'd love our listeners to know more about you and, you know, your story and how you got to where mm-hmm. you are today. So do you want to give yourself, yeah. give yourself a little, give your background to everybody. <laughs> okay. So like many other, um, you know, health coaches or nutritionists in this area, I definitely have my own story of myself um, around food and my body image. So it kind of comes back to, you know, growing up as a child. Um, I've always been kind of an introverted person. So I was labeled shy and quiet, but I really wanted to kind of be outgoing and skinny and thin like everyone else um, that I thought everyone else didn't struggle with anything like this. So I found myself comparing my body to other girls probably as early as when I was 10, 11, 12 years old. But I didn't really do much about it until like the beginning of high school. I clicked that I could actually lose weight if only I counted calories, which for a lot of people, this cycle starts pretty early on, like even in high school. 
So it soon became, it was started out pretty innocent. Um, I would count calories and get like 15, 1600 calories, then nothing happened. So it kind of moved down to 1200, 1000 calories less, and then only to end up eating like Oreos and ice cream a few weeks later because I couldn't, I couldn't keep up and starve my body like that. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like I was eating, I didn't, I thought I was eating healthy, but I really didn't know much about nutrition. It was kind of like iceberg lettuce salads for lunch with low fat or non-fat dressing, maybe like an apple or those um, chewy granola bars for breakfast. And this cycle kind of went on and on, on and off throughout high school and nothing really ever changed like my weight actually never changed and you know my body image probably just got worse about this whole time and even with restriction and running my weight's always been about the same the same 10 to 15 pounds throughout my whole life or since I was in high school um, I don't really weigh myself now so I don't know and it continued on you know into college when I got into college it probably got a little bit worse at first um, and I wasn't actually in nutrition when I started. I started in the nursing field. Um, and like any kind of big transition, um, I started kind of calorie counting and restricting again and going to the to the gym and over-exercising and started training for pretty intensive half marathons at one point. And my motivations were always um, kind of around getting that perfect diet like every other person I saw in college had, even though I I didn't even realize that everyone else probably had the same struggles that I did. Yeah. So I, I switched into nutrition at one point. And at first, probably my motivations were around kind of learning about how to get that perfect diet and how to finally get that perfect body. But I have always been interested in the health aspects behind it. But luckily, um, I think my junior year of college, I was able to work do an internship with a dietitian who did work with eating disorders. And that's where I was introduced to the book Intuitive Eating, which started to kind of change everything for me. Um, and I gave it a fair shot at first. I wasn't open to it at all. I was like, this, this can't work. I can't eat what I want when I want. Um, but when I actually followed the book, my behaviors and thoughts about food started to change, you know, slowly at first. And a lot of my body image uh, stuff was still there. Mm-hmm. And it did take several years to finally come to peace with food completely and um, be able to kind of listen to my body and eat, you know, whatever foods I want and not have ice cream be off limited or cookies be off um, off limits for me. Um, and in the past few years, it's probably improved the most. And it's all came to kind of learning to live a life aligned with my values and desires and looking beyond focusing on food and body exclusively, because it really never was, was about the food and body. It was kind of all, you know, going back to when I was a child, um, not being confident in myself and not being comfortable with who I am and expressing myself that way. Um, so just kind of the biggest changes of letting go of the mindset switches and switching out from weight and body to focusing on health and the rest of my life. So not putting all my energy on health or weight or food. So then I ended up kind of going into this field. Um, and at first I did kind of resist. I didn't think I wanted to work with eating disorders or disordered eating because I thought that it would bring up too much of my old past. Um, but being kind of comfortable with myself and developing new insights about that really helps me connect and help women and girls struggling with the same 
same issue, which is what I do, um, you know, locally and virtually. And in kind of embracing that every story is different and unique. And that's really why I love this work, because everyone has their own journey, you know, and different approaches work for different people. And everyone um, goes at a different pace along their own journey. So, yeah, it's basically kind of the, the background of myself. Oh, that's so good. You said so many awesome things there. You know, I love mm-hmm. how you brought up, um, you know, switching the focus from weight and your body to, you know, your life and health, because, mm-hmm. you know, and I've talked about this a lot. And I talk about this probably mm-hmm. to no end with people, but, you know, the issues that we have with food and the issues that we have with, you know, our weight and our body are really just like a side effect of, of Mm -hmm. all these other things that are going on in our life. And, you know, when things feel chaotic, when, you know, we are lacking, you know, whether it's relationships or freedom Mm -hmm. or whatever those things are that we value, um, we, we deflect that onto ourselves and our, and our weight and our body. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to do that because it's the, the most comfortable thing to actually focus on the food rather than kind of dig into, the relationship that's bugging us underneath or the fact that we hate our job or other things, it's easy to kind of just focus your energy and time on trying to get the perfect body because then your relationship will get fixed or then you'll get a better job. Yeah, exactly. And it's so much easier to cut out carbs than it is to, you know, create a new career path for yourself, (laughs) (laughs) you know, which, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but, but all of, all of those things are possible. And when you start to free up your space and stop, you know, focusing all your attention on food and dieting and changing your body, then you have Mm -hmm. all that mental space to actually change the things that are relevant in your life. Mm -hmm. And I think what happened for me and what I see in a lot of my clients is at first I had to really kind of get clear about, you know, and explore what things I actually did like in my life because I'd spent so much time and energy focused on exercise or food that I didn't really know or have other hobbies in my life. So it took a little bit of exploration and time to kind of figure out, you know, how do I really want to spend my time now that I'm not spending it all on food or or counting calories or exercise? Yeah, and I, that's a scary thing for people too, mm-hmm. is is when you ask people that question, which, you know, when you ask yeah. <laughs> clients or other women that question, you know, what would you, you know, what would you be doing? Like, what would you be thinking about? What do you actually do for fun that is not going to the gym? Uh, mm-hmm. It's sometimes people really don't have an answer. And uh, yeah, so, so in your experience with that, it's, it, you know, you mentioned just experimenting and, and trying different things to to try and to try and figure that out and push yourself outside of your comfort zone to figure mm-hmm. out what's fun for you. Exactly. And I think the biggest step I would have for people to first start with you know just finding clarity about what they actually like to do and whether it's writing a list of um I help clients make what I call a bliss list mm-hmm. and just whatever things, you know, it's starting with small things or big things of things that they actually love to do. Um, Because when you find things that you love to do, it's really easy to live in the moment. And then that adds a lot more pleasure and joy into your life. So you don't have to turn to food to find that pleasure and joy. So these could be really simple things. Like one of them on my list that I pretty much do every single day is like when I'm driving, I'll just listen to the radio and sing. Mm -hmm. Um, So really big things like planning a, a big vacation every year. And the point is just to make these these things on your bliss list part of your life every day. So then you can bring the joy and bliss into your daily life rather than focusing on when you lose weight, that's when you'll be happy. 
That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. I, um, I do, I do similar exercise Mm -hmm. with, with clients and, uh, yeah. One of the things on my personal list too is like blasting music or, you know, like having like a certain playlist or something like that. Cause I think that that's, that's a really powerful, you know, motivator and thing that makes me happy Mm -hmm. and cuddling with my dogs as well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And many other things. And yeah, so it doesn't always have to involve money. Like it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that you have to go out and spend money on yourself every day, but it's just like the little things that you can sort of put into your life that are daily habit habits that bring Mm -hmm. you joy. So you mentioned intuitive eating and yep. before we go any further, uh, can you explain what intuitive eating is? Because I think that, you know, it's something that uh, can sound confusing to people, maybe mm-hmm. for those people who haven't read um, the book or a lot of people, you know, it makes them run for the hills because it can sound very woo woo, you know, like mm-hmm. they think it's yep. going to be <laughs> something that's, uh, you know, not, not practical. So, so what, what is intuitive eating? So basically intuitive eating is just listening to your body and learning to eat what you want when you want and kind of tuning into your body's natural hunger cues. A lot of people tune into their hunger when it's noon, they know they eat lunch and then they finish everything on their plates rather than listening to if they're hungry at 11, um, maybe eat there instead of ignoring their hunger and waiting till the next acceptable mealtime as well as listening to your fullness and knowing that there's always more food if you want it. So you don't necessarily have to eat everything on your plate at every, every single meal. And there's a lot of different aspects of intuitive eating along with that, just kind of respecting your body and learning what foods and what type of movement works for you. Um, and it's getting out of the diet mentality that tells you that you have to cut carbs or eat these foods and don't eat these foods and getting out of those good and food bad lists Mm -hmm. and just tuning into your own body with, okay, so this food gives me energy that feels good compared to, you know, maybe that, um, that big bowl of ice cream I eat every single day doesn't give me energy. I can have it if I want it, but I don't have to have it every single day. Yeah. And accepting the consequences Mm -hmm. when you do have it, uh, as well. Um, and so, you know, how, like, how does that help people to really stop dieting or, or how, like, you know, how do you see that as helping women to stop dieting? Mm-hmm. It just gives them permission to, to eat the foods that they're, they're restricting, um, without judgment. And this really takes time to kind of, um, challenge these foods that they have put off limits. And one big thing is a lot of people, struggle with introducing these these bad foods or these off-limit foods at first because they think if I start eating chocolate every day again, then I'm going to gain weight, mm-hmm. which is why you need to kind of remove the weight from the aspect, from this whole situation and just focus your energy on this intuitive eating idea and other parts of your life. Um, and what I like to tell people is, you know, just try this for a week or two, you know, just listen and listen to these food cravings and um, allow yourself to eat these foods without thinking about the weight. Yeah. And so how, you know, if, if we're giving the advice or if someone's like, okay, I want to try this, but they, they sort of, 
you know, maybe they don't understand or they don't know Mm -hmm. how certain foods can really trigger desires. So, you know, you as a dietitian, like me as a nutritionist, we know that, you know, eating too much uh, sugar makes you want more Mm -hmm. sugar. And so if, you know, if someone who, uh, let's say they're eating ice cream every day and then they're trying to eat intuitively, but so much of those desires are really coming from like a hormonal imbalance, like, you know, the appetite signaling is out of control. Like how do, like, how do you strike a balance between those things? Cause I find Mm -hmm. that that's, um, you know, it's not always easy because it's at at the same time, you sort of, you want to reset, like, you know, the appetite signaling and the, mm-hmm. you know, the hormones so that people understand like real desires versus like, okay, my neurotransmitters are totally out of control and telling yeah. me to like eat mm-hmm. and never stop. Mm-hmm. No, that is a really good question. And it's kind of a hard balance to, to find at times. Um, so I like to have people keep like a mindful eating journal. So then when they are eating these new foods that are off limits, just sit down with the food, you know, put it in a bowl or on a plate rather than scooping ice cream with a spoon standing up in front of the freezer. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can like sit down and actually enjoy the food and start to like kind of journal your thoughts about before, during and after of how you feel and how your body feels during this whole thing. So, you know, kind of physical sensations, like, do you get a stomach ache? Do you get a headache? Um, Emotions around eating these foods and maybe starting to realize that, you know, the first bite tastes the best and I only need to eat a few few bites to kind of get the the pleasure I'm craving from that, Um, as well as kind of working with, you know, other parts of health. So, you know, if you are, if your hormones are out of balance, kind of looking at, hormone testing if you're needed or looking at other symptoms and kind of addressing those with clear nutritional goals or supplements. Um, so you can get the clear, you know, integrative health as well as kind of meeting the emotional needs and intuitive eating approach. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes from, you know, just removing, you know, the judgment that comes along with it because for some people they do need to restrict foods Mm -hmm. like you know if you like I personally I see a lot of clients who they have candida and so you know if you don't remove sugar then you're gonna have uncontrollable cravings and your health Mm -hmm. is going to be compromised um and and so yeah it, it really is a balance but if you can remove kind of the the judgment and the guilt that comes along uh with food choices and food decisions, it makes it easier to make those choices to, um, you know, restrict foods in medical circumstances, like where you need actually need to do that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's easier to kind of prioritize what's the top priority. So I had a client recently who did have a lot of um, hormone imbalances, um, mainly as a result of her eating disorder, but we decided to focus on the fixing the, um, like moving towards intuitive eating Mm -hmm. rather than looking at, you know, adrenal health and hormonal health first, because when she was able to kind of, um, address her clear emotional and mental needs, she was in a better space to be able to, you know, restrict foods or address the nutrition parts afterwards. Yes. Yes. Okay. I love that you said that. Um, cause I see, I see this a lot too, is, mm-hmm. is some people go down the rabbit hole with, with, uh, 
with with health as well. So, you know, it's almost like an orthorexic mindset where Mm -hmm. they keep restricting foods because, uh, you know, they think that, you know, it's uh, compromising their digestion, but it gets to the point where they're so afraid to eat things like a tomato, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, like, you know, or, uh, like a spice. And, and, you know, I see this a lot, I think in the, in the paleo community where, you know, some people can easily go and, and adopt, you know, like a paleo approach that is even further restricted because of very compromised digestion. Mm -hmm. But some people go down that rabbit hole and take it so far that they develop these extreme food fears. And you almost have to just let that all go because that mental stress and those Mm -hmm. food fears are probably more problematic on the body um, than the actual food that is compromising your digestive system yeah, at exactly. that time. So mm-hmm. yeah, I love that you said to prioritize. And and I think that's why like, you know, working with a coach like, you know, like yourself or, or, mm-hmm. or me is it, mm-hmm. you know, helps people to guide them through that to make the right t- decision. And to sometimes you do need to say like, okay, you know what, my health is maybe going to suffer for a bit, but I need to sort out what's going on in my head first, because that's more important. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people find that when you sort out what's going on in the head, their health just improves. You know, personally, um, a few years ago, I was having a lot of IBS symptoms. And I started kind of doing some FODMAPs and some other elimination diets. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt nothing really was working, but it was when I like went on actually went on vacation and started eating these foods again and I actually felt fine. So when I addressed the stress, you know, just things got so much better. And yes. I'm not saying nutrition doesn't help, it definitely does, but it's kind of this holistic approach of looking at every single thing. Yeah, and I think it's like you have to ask yourself like, okay, are you starting to be obsessive about it? Are you mm-hmm. constantly like hacking yourself and removing yeah. more foods? <laughs> and uh I had a I had a client as well that came to me and she was like literally in tears and she was she had taken out so many foods. And when I saw her, I was just like, "You know what? I was like just just stop. I'm like just go out and eat whatever you want." Like, just stop right now. And her digestive symptoms went away in a week. (laughs) She was like, what? (laughs) But sometimes you just need to, like, step back and Mm -hmm. get your head out of the rabbit hole. (laughs) Yeah, you kind of have to understand your personality when you're going down these paths of, is my personality, am I I obsessive or addictive about other things in my life that it's going to translate into food or body image? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I've seen a lot of people, I have a few clients that things did start with, you know, digestive problems, and they were trying to fix that with an elimination diet. And it ended up turning into eating disorders because they were um, scared of adding those foods back in. Totally. Yeah, I see. I see that. um, I see that in my in in my consulting as well. Uh, And so for people who want to give intuitive eating a try, which, you know, I, I really just call like eating whatever you want and just letting, you know, just letting go. But there's such a fear of, of letting go. You know, there's such Mm -hmm. this huge fear of, you know, um, I'm going to eat everything and not stop. I'm going to gain weight. So, you know, is there, do you recommend people to just kind of go and do it or do you baby step them into it? How, Mm -hmm. like, what's the kind of approach that people should take? I think it really depends on the person. Some people are just kind of ready to go for it, but some people, you know, I do do the simple baby steps of, you know, this week, just try adding this one food back in rather than introducing every single food you've restricted for years. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I kind of give it, make it more of an experiment. So, you know, for two weeks, give this a try and see how you feel. Um, are you a fan of Janine Roth? Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. So in one of her books, she talks about kind of, you know, when she moves towards this intuitive eating or eat whatever you want, like she ate cookies for like every single meal for like two weeks. Yes. Because when you allow yourself to do that, the food, you it takes away the power from the food and yeah. it just becomes any other food. So you just kind of have to give yourself the space and time to do that. Um, a good starting point is either, you know, working with a coach or picking up the book intuitive eating or starting to read, you know, either yourself or my, some of our blog posts to kind of, um, wrap your head around this idea and kind of start to introduce yourself to it slowly Mm -hmm. and then make simple steps that you think can work for you and that you think are realistic for, for your life and your situation whether it's kind of getting rid of all your diet books or magazines is a really good first step um, or kind of cleansing out your closet of these clothes you're holding on to that, that you wish you fit into that, that you don't. Um, just kind of any step that will kind of move you towards a more positive space around food in your body. Yeah, that's awesome. I love I love those things. Those are two things that I always have people do right up front mm-hmm. is <laughs> clean out yeah. your closet and get rid of, you know, like purge your social media and purge mm-hmm. your, you know, yep. your, all your self-help books and the diet books and your calorie tracking apps and things like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, I think that, you know, while we're talking about intuitive eating, that the concept of intuitive eating can actually be brought into intuitive living yep. and, you know, like slowing down, listening to your body and really listening to what your gut is telling you as mm-hmm. it relates to, you know, our life and decisions in life, because often our relationship with f- food, as we mentioned up front, gets skewed when we're not, you know, listening to our, our intuition, um, mm-hmm. you know, like our boundaries get crossed, our values get stepped on and we feel out of control. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, is that, would, I'm assuming I, you I totally agree with that. Agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, that was really kind of the intuitive eating was really kind of the stepping point for me to kind of get into this idea of, you know, intuitive eating or just kind of living a life really aligned with my values and learning about, you know, what my values are. Mm-hmm. So as clients, um, in particular, my local clients at the center I work at, you know, I do the n- nutrition piece with them and it's more like nutrition and therapy together, but they'll also see, um, a psychotherapist, they, they'll have their medical piece, um, with an integrative nut- nurse practitioner. And a lot of them do like one-on-one yoga therapy, um, or other body or energy work. So it really kind of addresses the whole, the whole person rather than the traditional eating disorder, um, treatment, which is kind of like a doctor, a dietitian, and maybe a therapist. Um, but it really helps and opens them up to looking and thinking in a whole different way because the mindset shifts are the biggest things that are going to um, guide them towards change. Yeah, totally. I Yeah, I totally agree with that. And it's funny because like you're obviously a dietitian and mm-hmm. they probably didn't teach you any of that stuff in school, I'm assuming, right? <laughs> nope. This is all stuff I've, I've learned on my own or luckily I have... Um, a really good mentor that I still work with that um, she does work with eating eating disorders as well. And she introduced me to um, intuitive eating as, and she's a yoga teacher as well. So kind of these other ideas around intuitive living. Yeah. That's eating your needs and your self care. 
That's awesome. That's so good. Yeah. I mean, we need more, we need more <laughs> dietitians and health coaches that, uh, that know this stuff and that, cause they, they don't teach it in school. You know, people always yeah. ask me, they're like, where did you learn this? And I'm like, well, not in school. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> and I uh, see a lot of dietitians and health coaches out there who are trying to teach this, but are still focused on or marketing themselves towards weight loss. Um, Mm-hmm. Which I think is kind of a barrier because um, people come and like, yes, their main goal may be to lose weight, um, but it's really about what they really want is not not is not to lose weight, but it's actually to learn to love themselves or um, understand their desires and how to meet them in their life. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's like such an important thing is to, to really ask yourself why why you want to lose weight. I mean, usually the answer Mm -hmm. is like, so I can be happy, so I can be confident. And, um, you know, all of those, all of those things can be had in, in the body that you have today. Mm -hmm. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I think that it's, I mean, weight loss sells, uh, you know, like, unfortunately it's just, women gravitate towards that. And uh, even, even women, I think that try not to, like you still get sucked into it. It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, it's really hard to completely break up with that, with that, um, desire, but that is such an important piece of changing your relationship with food and really being able to eat what you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I hope this kind of grows in, the media with time and with other, you know, health coaches or dietitians, um, especially kind of introducing this to kids as they grow up. Cause I see a lot of, um, girls or women who a lot of their struggles come from their mothers telling them, making comments about their own body or their child's body or, you know, restricting food in the ha- their house. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of internalized in them. And it's really, really hard for them to make changes when all they hear in their their head are these voices from their mother of, you know, don't eat carbs. They're going to make you fat. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I've got my own issues with that, like from my own past for sure. And, um, but that's, it's so common. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, yeah, if you're a parent, it's like, don't talk about food or dieting with your child or weight. Yeah. Um, Move the scale. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that, you know, it goes beyond that. It's like, it's like start to teach kids that, you know, to celebrate diversity, like mm-hmm. everybody, every body shape, every body type. I mean, you can be healthy at, at any size. And I know that's exactly. something that, that you promote as well. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk about that a bit? Like just, you know, what, like what is health at any size and does that mm-hmm. really exist? So yeah, health at every size is just removing the idea of weight and just focusing on, you know, all these other parts of health that matter. Um, like your energy levels, your your skin, your digestion, there's your hormones, there's so many parts of health rather than just the number on the scale and focusing your your efforts on those types of things. So making um, goals for yourself around nutrition or health that improve your energy or that help heal your digestion rather than having the goals focus on on your weight and being respectful of all types of bodies. And what happened with me in my journey is you know, when I realized that body diversity exists, I started like looking at other bodies, not with um, judgment or shame, 
but with just kind of appreciating that, you know, there are so many beautiful and strong and just diverse bodies out there and that they should all be respected and that there is no one ideal body. I think I heard a statistic that the the average model, you know, the typical model body, it's only exists naturally in like 5% of the population. I'm surprised and that's it's what that we're high. all striving yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's, and that's a really good point. And I think that when you, you know, when, uh, when you can actually look at other women and, you know, you don't feel envy, you don't feel jealousy, you don't feel judgment. I feel like that's a really good benchmark to know when you are kind of really comfortable in your own body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, all, that's an exercise that I, that I also like to do myself and, um, that I encourage other women to do is to, you know, follow, um, all diverse types of, of women, like on Instagram, like there's so mm-hmm. many people that promote, you know, health at every size. Um, and you see, you know, women of all shapes and sizes looking beautiful and you realize that, um, it can exist and, and that you can kind of shift that, that perception. And so mm-hmm. when you see a, a woman who maybe does have like that 5% model figure, instead of thinking like, oh, I hate her, like, you know, she's so skinny. You actually mm-hmm. just think, yeah, she's beautiful too. Like, you know, there's all, mm-hmm. all, all bodies are really yeah, because there's definitely that the fat shaming occurs as well as kind of the skinny shaming. And we don't want to do any kind of shaming around body, just kind of appreciate all types of bodies. Yeah. And I think there's also this misconception that, you know, if you don't care about your body weight, then you're then you're lazy. Like that if mm-hmm. you, you know, accepting your body is like an excuse and eating whatever you want is an excuse to be lazy and not care about your health. But it's really the opposite. Like it's, it's one of the greatest things that you can do. Mm-hmm. I think a big step for people is to learning is to learn how to connect with your body. Um, and one of the things that I recommend, um, it doesn't work for every single person, but yoga is a really good way to connect with your body and just kind of be in this space, like yoga classes that is, that are, is free of judgment. Um, move in a way that makes you feel good rather than to burn calories or to to shape your body a certain way mm-hmm. um, and just focus on on your breath or movement that you know move your body how it feels good basically yeah and dancing is also dancing one of those too. things that yep. works for people I just saw mm-hmm. this article that said that like belly dancing improves body image mm-hmm. <laughs> so if that's your thing my, yeah my mom did that for a while <laughs> Um, any kind of movement that that makes you feel good basically yeah yeah and I think uh, I've had a couple of other um, guests talk about this before but it's also like finding um, like finding an activity that works for for your for your body too Mm -hmm. you know like whether that's um, like I know Stacey Toth from Paleo Parents who's a strong woman like she as soon as she kind of discovered that it was it it just like unleashed this you know, strong woman inside mm-hmm. of her, but she found, she found a sport that worked for, for her body. And, um, there's so many different kinds of yoga too. So if yeah. people don't like yoga, like I, I encourage people to keep trying to find an instructor or class that they do like, because it does, it does exist. And it really is a great thing. Mm-hmm. I know there's a class, um, I've actually never gone to it, but in my local area, that's, um, basically yoga yoga to improve body image um 
Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's awesome. You got to check that out and uh, write about it. (laughs) I should. I should go to the class. I know it's a series. I don't know when the next time they're running it, but. Oh, that's a cool. I'm like, hmm, business idea. (laughs) (laughs) Making special note. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We talked about, uh, and we've we've mentioned this a few times, but, you know, living a life that's in tune to your values. How do you encourage Mm -hmm. people to find that out, to figure that out? Mm -hmm. Because, again, that can sound like really good on paper, but it's like, okay, so how do I actually figure that out? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So one thing that I think is a really good thing for people is to kind of finding, um, setting themselves a morning routine. So my mornings, I make space and time in the morning to, to find quiet space. Um, whether it's meditation or movement or journaling or, you know, reading or taking time for breakfast, it really kind of sets my day up and allows me to set a a positive intention for my day rather than rushing around in my morning. I need to kind of find, find space to figure out and explore what my values are. Okay. So what really works for me is I might do a little bit of meditation and journal right after it. Um, and when I journal, I just kind of free write and see what comes up. And a lot of times I can look through, look back through it and it kind of surprises me. It's just coming, writing from my heart rather than trying to um, write carefully or edit myself along the way. Mm-hmm. And through that, you sort of realize you know, like what makes you Mm -hmm. feel more alive? Like what makes you happy when you feel like things are conflicting? Is that right? Yeah, just kind of finding where I am and how I'm how I'm feeling today and what I need to do to kind of meet all my needs. Mm -hmm. Um, So one thing I like to do is, you know, have regular, you know, people check their phones all the time. So instead of checking your phone, check, you know, check in with how you're feeling and, you know, any emotions um, or needs that need to be fulfilled throughout the day and how you can actually fulfill those needs. So if you're feeling, you know, bored, maybe call up a friend later and kind of schedule a coffee date. Or if you're feeling, um, you know, lonely, make the time to kind of seek out other connections. Because if you don't meet those underlying needs, then you're going to likely turn to to food or over-exercising or whatever you're, um, you choose in that way. That's so cool. I love that you said, you know, instead of checking in with your phone, check in with mm-hmm. yourself. I, I think that that's such a good way to, to make that a habit without, mm-hmm. uh, you know... And, and that's something that you remember. So the next time you're just kind of standing there, like, you know, in line for the grocery store, uh, mm-hmm. you know, check in with yourself. I love that. That's so that's such mm-hmm. a good idea. I'm totally going to use it. And it that. does take time and practice to kind of develop this because, you know, I'm just like everyone else and pretty much addicted to my phone as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but just remembering, you know, throughout the day that if I don't take time to kind of understand how I'm feeling and meeting those needs, then, you know, I will I won't feel that great by the end of the day. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think it's so much of it too, is like, you have to give yourself permission to do Mm -hmm. to do that. Um, You know, like it, it's so it's so easy to put everyone else first to put your business first to push through. 
and and to you know feel guilty when you give yourself permission to like you know kick back and just relax for a bit or you know instead of um uh sending an email like actually just like call a friend or go for an extended lunch mm-hmm. uh and i think that you know we as a society especially women like we put so many so much pressure on ourselves mm-hmm. and you know we need to just be I, and i think it's a learned habit would you agree like to start to give yourself yeah. permission to do that Yeah, I recently heard on another podcast, um, someone said that when they first heard the idea about self-care and self-love, that that, that they thought it would be really selfish. Mm -hmm. Um, But as one of my other favorite authors, Brene Brown, said... (laughs) I totally was, yeah, I totally (laughs) was going to reference that too. Yeah, Yeah, you have to learn to take care of yourself and love yourself before giving to others. Um, And at first it may sound selfish, but it's really necessary to kind of tune into what you need and how to care for yourself. Yeah, it's like the oxygen mask example, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have to yep. put you have to put it on yourself before you put it on your child and it's mm-hmm. the same thing and and uh yeah, I think you know we're probably referencing the gifts of imperfection, which is like one of my favorite books, but yep. um you know in order for you, you to be worthy of love and belonging, like you have to you have to show that to yourself and make time for, for yourself and, and those things in your life. And when you do, you can then give back so much more to the other people around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why I think it's really important to, to have, make time and space into your regular day. And, you know, on a big per- picture, make time and space for, you know, vacations or whatever you need mm-hmm. to kind of make, relax and kind of get into yourself. Yeah, totally. So you can be more productive and have more energy throughout the day. Exactly. And actually detach yourself when you're on vacation. Do you go yep. off social media when you're on vacation or do you, uh, do you still check um, it? I try. I was, I did <laughs> kind of disconnect a lot from, um, social media. Instagram is one of those things I always love to check. Um, cause you know, just for inspirational messages and stuff, but I did remove myself a lot from email when I'm on vacation. Yeah. I try to do a social media detox like Mm -hmm. once or twice a year, usually when I'm on vacation and I don't check, you know, I don't check Mm -hmm. anything. I still, I think I still check Instagram because I'll post like vacation pictures, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but, um, uh, I try to not check. I only check it like once a day, but then I don't check Facebook at all. I don't check Twitter. Mm -hmm. I just like let it kind of go. And it's amazing how much you come back and you realize, wow, I didn't really miss anything at all. Yeah. (laughs) And and it's amazing the the relationships you can build without social media. Um, In college, I worked at a summer camp. um, And basically we were working with kids and with other staff all day. So I had access to computer to check like email or Facebook, like 20 minutes a day because during my short break I wanted to shower and do other stuff mm-hmm. and those people that I worked with are still like my best friends um, that's where I met my boyfriend as well and you really kind of just can build these really strong relationships outside of social media and email and other things yeah it's so true it's so true mm-hmm. so as we wrap things up here the last question that I like to ask all of my guests is what is the most fearless thing that you have done mm-hmm. I love this question So I heard a quote a few years ago, um, which is one I really love, and it's called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyways. Mm, Yes. Uh, So I think one of them is just starting my blog and business and putting myself out there. Since I have always been an introverted person, I had a lot of fears about putting my name and my face and my picture out there. Um, And when I started, I really just wrote about kind of, you know, health benefits of these foods. But when I started to write 
you know, posts about why you should stop dieting or personal posts, posts about intuitive eating, those are the ones that made me feel alive and scared at first to post them. But they were also the ones that people connected and engaged with the most. Um, and just know that fear will come up on a regular basis. And that just can be a sign that you're onto something good. And you can sit with the fear, kind of breathe into it and move through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just kind of bring a sense of self-trust and love into the process because um, the fear won't stay there forever. Yeah, I love that. That's so good. Great. Step into the fear. I love it. So what's next for you? So right now I you know, post regularly on my blog. I do some online coaching and I do mostly three-month plans, but I do have a few um, one-month intuitive eating coaching plans in October. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a pretty popular ebook talking about a 30-day mindful eating challenge that brings you through a daily mindful eating challenge as well as journal prompts to kind of dig into, you know, what's going on for you during these challenges and what's working or not working for you. Um, so yeah, I mean, I love writing and, and connecting in social media too. My favorite's Instagram. So if you want to follow me there, that's, that's where I spend a lot of time. Yeah. And so what's your, uh, tell everybody what your handle is. Oh, so it's Mindful Meals RDN. Okay, cool. And your website is mindfulmealsblog.com, right? Yeah, exactly. Great. Yeah. And you also have a free 21 day breakup with diets challenge that people can just go and sign up for right on your website, which is awesome. And Mm -hmm. I highly recommend. So yeah, well, thank you so much for all of your time and sharing your story and insights with everyone. So definitely check out Lauren at mindfulmealsblog.com, which I will link to in the show notes and absolutely grab her ebook, the 30 day mindful eating challenge, check out her coaching and sign up for her free 21 day breakup with diets challenge. Thanks so much for being here today. Yeah, thanks, Summer. This was a great conversation. Yeah, rock on, and I will talk to you soon. If you like what you've heard, please head to iTunes and leave me a review. I would be so grateful if you took two minutes to do that for me. And don't forget to head to summerinandin.com or summerthenutritionist.com to grab your free Rule Breakers Guide to Rock in Your Bod. Until next time, rock on.